What's up, everybody? Night two of the 2020 NFL Draft is in the books, and we got another Instant Reaction SNS show podcast slash Instagram Live coming at you right here. I'm Jake Starr. Right above me on your Instagram live stream is Preston Shoemaker. And Preston, it was a eventful night of the NFL Draft, to say the least. I mean, Eagles and Steelers both made two picks. Adam Charles with the Instagram Live. There we go. Uh, had, had some interesting picks, a lot of interesting picks tonight that we're definitely going to dive into. But Preston, just through two nights, what are your thoughts on the draft so far? Happy with what the Steelers have done th- thus far? Well, first of all, Jake, I want to thank you. I appreciate you allowing me to get a word in before the 15-minute rant that's about to come on the Eagles. I, I just appreciate getting a word say in at the beginning half of this show, but you know, obviously the virtual NFL draft brought a lot of questions, but I think the last two nights have been what they can consider a success. Besides the fact of a se- seemingly exhausted slash maybe drunk Roger Goodell down the stretch here in the second round trying to read some of these names and laying, laying, in, the, laying in the easy chair is what they called it, I think. I'm not, not sure what I feel about that, but oh, I jumped off there for a second. There we go back. Not sure what I feel about that, but I think you consider everything that's going on right now in the world and everything that all the challenges that came around this draft, I think they've really done a nice job these last two nights putting this together and bringing in analysis on these players, getting us cameras in their homes to be able to see this reaction and make it as genuine as possible. I think these last two days for the draft in its entirety has been what they can consider to be a success. No, I think it's been a really good first two days of the NFL draft, and I think that the big thing is, there's been a lot of good picks, but I think it's been entertaining. The ratings have been phenomenal so far, and I think just the big thing I want to start out with is, you know, some good picks tonight. Penn State, two players coming off the board tonight. KJ Hamler going to Denver. Yitor Gross Matos picked a little bit before him. He went to Yitor Gross Matos, went to Carolina, and Steelers got Chase Claypool. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But before we get to that, let's talk about the a pick that had a lot of Eagles fans, NFL fans, kind of confused was Jalen Hurts. And my question, first of all, is just why? What's the reason to make that selection? You have Carson Wentz you committed over $130 million into this past summer. You're, are you drafting competition for him? Are you drafting a Taysom Hill, a gadget? Are you trying to develop a backup quarterback? And if so, why are you drafting him in the second round of the NFL draft? A guy that a lot of, you know, draft analysis, you know, pegged as a potential developmental starter, starting quarterback one day. Maybe New England was going to pick him and, you know, try to develop him behind Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham. But no, he went to the Philadelphia Eagles. There's a competition for Carson. Why? Position change? I don't know. I'm just confused. I think a lot of people out there are just flat out confused with this draft pick. And I, I just don't know what to say. If you're in the comments, you know, let us know what you're thinking about this Eagles pick of Jalen Hurts. You have Carson Wentz puts the team on his back, playing with basically mailmen as wide receivers. No offense to, you know, the wide receivers the Eagles had at the end of the regular season, but he's playing with a scrapped up, put together group of wide receivers and carries them to the NFL playoffs, wins the NFC East. You know, they get rid of Nick Foles. They don't have him breathing over his shoulder anymore. Carson Wentz finally took over this locker room. They even got rid of Malcolm Jenkins so Carson Wentz can be the voice in that locker room. And then you go and draft Jalen Hurts. 
no disrespect to Jalen Hurts. He's a hell of a player. He is a fantastic football player. Kind of won a national championship with Alabama. Was pulled for two at Tagovailoa. But he's a great football player. You know, was phenomenal at Oklahoma this year. But it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. And Howie Roseman, uh, after they picked Jalen Hurts, like, you can never have too many good quarterbacks. I get having good quarterbacks, but go draft a quarterback in the fifth round. Don't waste a second-round pick on Jalen Hurts when you got Denzel Mims staring at you. I, I, I just don't get it. Jalen Hurts, as I said, is a great football player. He was a great kid with a tremendous work ethic, and I'm sure that him and Carson are going to work well together. Carson Wentz already tweeted to him, but I just don't get it. Why draft a quarterback in the second round of the NFL draft when you paid $130 million to Carson Wentz? I don't know if you have anything. Do you have any answers, Preston? Because I'm confused right now. Well, listen, Jake, I think this last two, that first round pick last night for the Eagles, the second round pick today in Hurts, just confusing on both ends. I think going back to last night, they very easily could have traded down and gotten a guy like Rieger. I think T. Higgins has a higher ceiling anyway, a guy who went in the second round today regardless. So I was already confused, especially when you left Justin Jefferson on the board yesterday. Then they come out today and draft a quarterback who is not going to start for them, you would at least think, in the near future. I had some Eagle fans kind of chirping in the backdrop saying, you know, well, if Carson Wentz gets hurt, this is our new Nick Foles. You don't draft a new Nick Foles. Are you kidding me? You're trying to win football games and you're drafted backup quarterbacks right there in that spot. I hated the pick. I'm going to be frank about it. I really don't understand what they're trying to do with this pick. Yeah, he's a guy that you can kind of get creative with and they're going to have, you better think they're going to get creative with him because he's not going to collect dust on the bench for the next four or five years. There's going to be some Philly specials. There's going to be some cool packages and that's all great, but why not draft a guy like that that's going to bring you cool packages? That's a fourth round pick. That's a fifth round pick what why are you taking Jalen Hurts in the second round you can go out and get guys I'm seeing some people in the comments they were mentioned Mims before now I'm seeing an insurance policy sure he's an insurance policy but I'm going to say the same thing I had this rant saved in the back of my mind if the Steelers were going to take Hurts in that pick and I was scared that the Steelers were going to take Hurts in that pick and when they didn't I said a prayer and I was happy but you don't draft for the what if scenario oh what if Wentz gets hurt oh what if Roethlisberger gets hurt you don't draft for the what if scenario you're drafting looking at the situation that you have putting your best team on the field and going out to win football games. So the Eagles, if they, if you tell me it's a draft for a what-if scenario if Wentz gets hurt, you don't draft for, don't draft for a what-if scenario. Now, I do want to talk to you because Roseman and other people from that front office have already been talking about this deal. I've heard that people that they came out and said, we like the way that we develop quarterbacks. I don't really know what quarterbacks that Philadelphia has been developing outside of Wentz. If you say Foles, Foles bounced around all over the place, had one good season, and now is out of Jacksonville into Chicago. Hard to really say that they developed Foles there. But this isn't college. What are you developing? Oh, we drafted Hurts. We can develop him. He's going to bring good trade value later to bring in guys. Draft a guy you want right there in that spot that's going to help you tomorrow or trade back. Don't take him there. I just I don't understand it at all. I think it's kind of humorous because I I kind of it made my night a lot better when they didn't the Steelers didn't take Hurts and then to see the Eagles take them of all teams I was very shocked but it's not fantasy football you're not drafting a guy thinking yeah I mean he doesn't fit my team exactly but the trade value is going to be huge because I know that I can trade this guy in three four weeks to whoever who's not checking their lineups and get some receipt it's not how it works not how the NFL works I don't really know why they felt the need to do this I want to hear your thoughts on the Roseman comments and the other guys in the front office that are coming out because 
I, it, it just rubs me the wrong way. I'm not even an Eagles fan. So what what's going on here? I want to raise two points that you brought up, and I kind of want to rebuttal to that. I want to rebuttal to some of the comments. And I agree with you. It's an asinine pick. It's a terrible pick. No reason at all to make it. But basically, two, two trains of thoughts here that I've been seeing, whether it's been in the comments from you or on social media this weekend. First one is they're, Carson Wentz is injury prone. He played 16 games this year. And you, this team is built for Carson Wentz to be the franchise quarterback and win championships for them. This team isn't supposed You don't build football teams around backup quarterbacks. You don't build football teams and say, if my quarterback gets hurt, we have a chance. If your quarterback gets hurt 99 times out of 100, unless you're the 2017 Eagles or the Buffalo, or now the New York Giants back in the day when Phil Sims got hurt, you ain't winning the Super Bowl. You don't build for the what-if scenario. You build around your franchise quarterback, the guy you paid $130 million to last summer. This isn't a Dak Prescott situation where he isn't willing to take a deal. And you draft someone to kind of wake him up a little bit. This is one of the most humble quarterbacks in this league. And I get he's injury prone. But you don't draft for that. You sign a reliable insurance policy as a backup like with Nick Foles. You don't draft the guy in the second round in case he gets hurt so you have another franchise quarterback. You put all your eggs into Carson Wentz. And you do what you can to surround him with talent. And Howie Roseman failed to do that tonight. You had Den... He f- I, I, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. You had you Denzel Mims staring at you with the 53rd pick, and you passed on him for a backup quarterback. Now, second thing I want to hit on before I send it back to you real quick is that the Eagles, the Andy Reid mentality is kind of draft quarterbacks, you know, middle of the draft, late in the draft, day three, develop and trade. They did off, you know, A.J. Feely, the Detmer brothers, Mike Kafka, et cetera, et cetera. I get that. But if you're going to do that, draft Nate Stanley in the fifth round. Don't draft... Jalen Hurts in the second round of the draft. There's no reason to draft a backup quarterback in the second round of the draft. I don't know what Howie Roseman was on, but whatever it is, it wasn't. It needed to be strong enough so he was like Roger Goodell tonight. But it was. <laughs> it's, it's an inexcusable pick. It's unacceptable. Well, look, there was plenty of value on the board there. There's no denying that there was value that came off the board after that pick that could have helped the Eagles, whether it's at the linebacker position, whether it was more receivers. You know, you mentioned Mims right there. Mims goes a few picks later to the Jets, which, I mean, getting outside of our bubble here, but I thought that was a great pick. We talked about this last night, how the Jets were in a position where they could have gone for that sexy pick and taken CeeDee Lamb in the first round. Instead, they take the smart pick, get their offensive lineman of the future, and then still get Mims here. And had to have been happy to see Mims there because he shouldn't have been there. He should have gone to the Eagles, just like Justin Jefferson should have gone to the Eagles, really questioning what the front office there in Philadelphia was thinking this weekend. I just... You hope, I hope for your sake that you can sleep tonight and that when you wake up tomorrow, maybe they bring in a couple of guys that fill some needs that you actually have because quarterback was not a need for Philadelphia, especially when you have a guy like Carson Wentz who, when healthy and with the right weapons, can be one of the most elite quarterbacks in this league. I do not doubt that. I've said that on this show before. I believe that Wentz is very talented. So there's no need. It's not like Carson or it's not like Ben Roethlisberger in that situation. He's old. And if the Steelers draft him, yeah, I'm pissed, but he's old. And that's the only thing that makes sense. Wentz isn't old. He's 27. Wentz isn't necessarily injury prone. He's had a couple injuries. It's football. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get banged up. It happens. I think what you have to look at this situation, you look at this pick. I was so confused. And I really think 
The only thing that makes sense is that they're thinking draft or excuse me, trade for the future or develop this next guy. And I think it's way too early to start thinking develop for the next guy. You still have a quarterback that can go out and win games. I know that you're 100% on the Carson Wentz bandwagon, and we've talked about that a million times, so I can see where your anger comes from. But I don't think the Wentz health is really that big of a deal. When you have a talent like that, you roll roll with It's definitely overblown. I agree with you entirely. Carson Wentz year, plays 16 games. Second year's MVP before he tears his ACL. Okay. Third year has the back injury. If the Eagles are in it, Carson Wentz plays through that. Fourth year. Gets a, gets a freak injury in the playoff game. And I don't care if you think he's injury prone. You don't draft a quarterback. You build around Carson Wentz so he can succeed if he's And healthy. if you thought Carson Wentz was – if the Eagles thought Carson Wentz was injury prone and they were worried about him, why would they give him a four-year exactly. deal? Why are you signing him to a brand-new big-money deal and then going out and drafting a quarterback in the second round saying, oh, yeah, we love Carson. You should know that because of the actions that we've done the with Carson. We signed him to a deal. We built our it. team around him. They're, I don't buy it. I'm, I'm confused. Too. I'm not even an Eagles fan, and I'm raising my voice. So that tells you how I feel about this pick, and I'm thrilled that this didn't happen to the Steelers because if it happened to the Steelers, I told you there would be a hole in my wall. I just hope that your wall makes it through yeah, this luckily show. Luckily, there's no holes in the wall quite yet, but it's just it's confusing, and there's no reason for it, and... You know, it's tough. One more point I want to make before we shift gears is you brought up the Jalen Rieger pick again. I've had some time to sleep on that, and I know I wasn't thrilled with the pick last night. Still probably would have liked Justin Jefferson, but I think Jalen Rieger is a good fit. He's fast. He's a lot faster than the 4.47 he ran at the combine. He's got tremendous vertical to make up for his lack of height. Hands aren't great. He can get to that, but I think it's a good fit pick. The Eagles wanted speed on the outside. They got speed on the outside rather than getting a slot guy like Justin Jefferson. Still, you know, probably would have rather had Justin Jefferson, but I get to pick Jalen Hurts. I don't, I got nothing for you. I am just, I'm dumbfounded, you know? It's the, it's the Jalen effect. The Eagles forgot that they already took Jalen Rieger, typed in Jalen, just saw Hurts come in, and we're like, oh, geez, running out of time here on the clock. Have to, have to hit submit. Might have been, might have been an auto draft. Who knows? That happens every now and then. It's when the kickers start going in the fourth or fifth round of the fantasy draft because the guys don't fill out the full queue. And maybe that's what happened to Roseman. I don't know. But and look, I, I said it last night. I don't want to get on a broken record. I want to move on. But I do think Rieger's going to be a talented receiver. He's got the traits there. I just think in the spot that the Eagles took him, they could have traded back. They could have gotten more value, taken a guy like him or maybe T. Higgins in the second round and still fit the same theme. And if they were really thinking about taking Hurts, then they could have. Definitely put some trades together to get better picks to fill those needs. I just don't like the way that they've handled the draft the first two nights. But alas, I'll let Let's us move gears on. Now. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Didn't have a first-round pick because of the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. Phenomenal trade. Let's just get that off the record. 24 years old. I think that's worth a first-round pick. So Pittsburgh Steelers, two picks tonight. First pick they made was wide receiver Chase Claypool. Notre Dame, correct? Notre Dame, and then with the 102nd pick, Alex Highsmith, outside linebacker out of Charlotte. We got some group of five at Conference USA action. So, Preston, assuming you want to start with the Chase Claypool pick, what were your initial thoughts on that and how are you feeling right now? So, leading up to that pick, I was very nervous, kind of echoing you last night, that excitement, that rush of having something to be excited for and having something to be upset about. And you're sitting there, you're waiting, and you're waiting, and I'm getting nervous, and then KJ Hamler goes off the board three picks before the Steelers pick, and 
I had dad coming up to make sure I was doing okay. I'm screaming. I was not happy. You know I wanted KJ in the Steelers system, but I've had some time to think about this, and here's how I feel. I think Chase Claypool was the best pick the Steelers could have made in that spot, and let me tell you why. I think Dobbins obviously was on the board. I think Dobbins is a great talent, and seeing him go to the Ravens kills me because I know the Steelers are going to have trouble with him the next Every year, twice a year, maybe three times a year if they get him in the playoffs. It's going to happen. But look, the Steelers needed to get a guy that can help Ben out more so than that running back position. You look at Chase Claypool. I've got some numbers pulled up here. 6'4", 238 pounds. He fits a size that doesn't come from the Steelers right now. He's quick. He's got a sub 4-4-5-40. you got a tight end body and a wide receiver speed. He's got true hands. This kind of fits a completely different role than what K.J. Hamler is. K.J. Hamler's that short, quick guy that can help in special teams. Claypool's got, he's the big. He could be a red zone threat. He's got long arms. He's got good hands. It gives Roethlisberger a guy to target outside of Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster and James Washington. So I'm happy about the way he fills out this wide receiver room. I definitely think it's going to stretch the field more for Pittsburgh. I think if you look at the targets that Ben's working with, they brought in Eric Ebron. They still have Vance McDonald. Pittsburgh's already shown that they trust these guys they have on the offensive end and any numbers that you saw last year out of Pittsburgh on the offensive end expect them to go up because when you have high school quarterbacks playing in the NFL you're going to have some lower numbers that's that's fair when you lose a hall of fame quarterback you got two not so great backups that kind of limp their way through an entire season yeah numbers are going to fall Antonio Brown never caught a touchdown pass from anyone other than Ben Roethlisberger until he went to New England some guy named Tom Brady threw him one touchdown pass so I think when you're looking at Chase Claypool and what he's going to bring to this Steelers team. I really think he's going to stretch out the field. I'm really excited to see what he does. He's got big size. He's going to be a difference maker for Pittsburgh. I was happy about it. Looking at that pick as it was coming up, I preferred Claypool over Mims strictly because of the size. I think the 6'4 frame that he brings in gives him a threat down in the red zone. It's something different. Ben hasn't had that big bodied, tall, long receiver especially on the team now. So it's going to be exciting to see what he can bring in. I'm looking forward to seeing him come out and play. I think that's going to be fun to watch and just piecing him in there with that offense. Very sneaky, could be very good for the Steelers. We I talked think. about the size. We talked about the speed. He's 6'4", 235, ran a sub, 4'4", 5", at the, at the combine. And and just, just to add, there's only one other run, wide receiver that measures 6'4". I'm reading too. <laughs> I'm reading the same thing you're trying to read. I love ESPN. Love just reading stats because it makes you sound smarter. But look, Calvin Johnson, that's what I'm trying to get to. He's got the size. He's got the speed. That's a rare combination that you don't see every day in receivers. Is this Chase Cable going to be the next Calvin Johnson? Who knows? But here's what I am going to say. Juju Smith-Schuster is going into the last year of his contract. Could he be too expensive for the Steelers in the future? I hope not. I hope he's part of their future. But say he's not, the Steelers now have another receiver in that room that they can fall back to if Juju walks at the end of this season. They now have Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, maybe a James Washington. They've got Ebron on the books. The offense will be okay. What did I wish that I would have seen out of the Steelers? And obviously... You can wish all you want. More picks. Because if they have more picks, I think maybe they're able to go after a running back. I don't love the running back group they have. I love James Conner, but he's injury prone. That's just what it comes down to. He's getting 
banged up a lot. If they could have brought in another running back, I, I mean, Dobbins would have been awesome, but I was really high on Cam Akers, who went a little bit later. Some of these guys now that are left in the running back room tomorrow, maybe they add a running back. I think they're more concerned on the defensive side of the ball at this point in the draft. If they had more points, I think it would have been great for them more points, more picks. If they had more picks, it would have been great for them to add a little more onto that offensive end, maybe a running back. But nonetheless, I'm happy with what they did in that second round. I felt like it was the best they could have done there. If you if you go Dobbins, I don't think it's the wrong choice by any means, but I don't know if Dobbins helps the game on the offensive side for Steelers as much as what Chase Claypool can do just because of what Ben's going to be able to do with him. Yeah, I think it's a good pick. And you know, one of the other areas that I'm looking at right here that he excels at is uh, – He's a good special teamer, so it might take some time to, you know, get him acclimated. You might see a lot of Juju, Deontay, Johnson, you know, James Washington sets with Eric Ebron early in the season. But as he, as Claypool continues to come along, I think you're going to see him play a lot of special teams, but I like to pick a lot. He is, has a ton of potential. He's big, he's fast, wins jump balls, uh, route running's got to get a little bit of better. Got to get a little bit better, excuse me. Got to come out of breaks a little better. But I, I like to pick a lot because some of those, you know, deficiencies with route running, coming out of breaks, you can make up for it with speed and size. And if he's a guy that Ben Roethlisberger knows, I throw a jump ball to, he's going to go up and get it. It's a great thing to have. It's something that, you know, really they haven't had since Antonio Brown. It's a guy that, you know, there are plenty of times with A.B. when Brown would just be like, screw it, I'm going to throw it deep and Hopefully A.B. makes a play. And I think Chase Claypool is a guy that can be just like that. And I think if Ben would have played a full season last year that you would have seen that he might have missed that a little bit more. So obviously it looks like the team missed that, but it's hard to really judge these receivers fairly when you have Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges throwing balls at them all season long. You bring Ben back in and you give him a guy that can go downfield. That's what I was advocating for this whole draft. I wanted the short, quick guy. I got the tall, quick guy instead. So nonetheless, some speed downfield, some blazing helps the quarterback out especially. And if Ben still has the cannon that he had a few years ago before the arm surgery, that's going to be a great piece. Absolutely, and it's a good pick. Now let's talk about third round. Eagles, Steelers, and back-to-back. Let's talk both picked outside linebackers. Talk about Alex Highsmith first, outside linebacker from Charlotte Preston. Obviously, pick was only made about a half hour ago, but any uh, thoughts on that one so far? Well, yeah, that one's a lot more raw. It's still a lot of thinking. I was looking linebacker at that position. I was leaning towards the linebacker out of Oregon. The names already slipped my mind, but they didn't pick him, so it doesn't matter. But, you know, this outside linebacker position, the Steelers are drafting depth here. They need, they've got some good linebackers. You've got TJ Watt. You've got um, Devin Bush, excuse me. There's some guys there, Vince Williams as well, but this is a guy, Alex Highsmith, just looking at some of his stuff, he's, he's versatile. He can mix in and out, he can play up on the line, he can drop back in coverage a little bit. I believe he was third last year in the FBS in sacks with 14, so he's a guy that can get into the backfield after the quarterback. You know, The Steelers have kind of prioritized those kind of sneaky guys that can get in there and get sacks. If you remember correctly, that he signed the XFL leader in sacks, now obviously a short period of time there, a couple of weeks, but their leader in sacks at the end of the XFL season. That was Kayvon Walker, I believe. The Steelers brought him in as well. So they're going after these guys they can plug in on this defense, just building a little bit of chemistry, a little bit of depth. And this is defense in Pittsburgh that's one of the best they've seen since the Steel Curtain days. I'm talking the my prime years getting to grow up, watching Palomalu, watching James Harrison, those guys. Back then, it was all about the defense, and the offense was there as well. 
The Steelers became all about the offense and the defense slipped. Now that defense is kind of back where it was. I think the defense for the Steelers next year can be top three in the league. They've got a lot of great guys. The depth is really going to play in. It's going to be interesting to see how this depth really works out for them. But I, th I, I like the pick. I mean, I like the position there. It was kind of what I was thinking. I didn't think the safety was great at that spot in the draft for them to draft secondary. I expect O-line tomorrow. So at that point, I was thinking – D-line, linebacker, some kind of versatile guy that can play both areas. And that's what it seems like you're going to get with Alex Highsmith. And I hope he's a baller. I mean, he, he's got some good stats. He's got some good film. And obviously, they're going to show the good film on everybody. And it's still raw. But I think you're going to see some good stuff out of him this upcoming season if he gets some time. And he can definitely learn under some good linebackers at the Absolutely. Steelers. Absolutely. Real quick, we'll talk about Devion Taylor, excuse me, 6'1", 228-pound linebacker from Colorado. Uh, Eagles needed to go linebacker, and I'm glad they did in the third round of the draft. Uh, I like it. He's got some good closing speed. He's a quick linebacker. Kind of could be a linebacker safety hybrid at 6'1", 228. So somebody who could really, you know, get out there in coverage. Uh, but, yeah, it's just, just trying to look at what ESPN's saying. And, you know, Eagles had to need a linebacker. And it says right here, a hybrid linebacker safety. Not great size. The Eagles did it with Nathan Gary a couple years ago when he came out of Nebraska. You know, kind of this... Played safety, but they moved in the linebackers. I think the Eagles like those smaller, quicker, you know, quick twitch muscle linebackers. I think they got that with Davion Ta Taylor. Now, let's talk about some, you know, we get later, we get towards half to one. Uh, we'll try to wrap this up. Not too late tonight, but let's talk KJ Hamler to the Broncos. I know it's a pick that we were both holding out hope he'd fall to the Eagles or Steelers. View the field as the run on receivers went up. KJ Hamler was going to fly up the draft board. Well, I mean, just look at what Denver prioritized in this draft, and I want to pull up their picks. Obviously, Judy in the first round, that's why the Hamler one was so blindsiding because you don't think they're going to go receiver-receiver, but you're pairing him out here. You're putting him with a young quarterback in Drew Locke who had a nice rookie campaign last season when he did start to play. I think they're really prioritizing putting some weapons in front of him. They just brought in Melvin Gordon. Don't forget about that guy, Cortland Sutton, out there who's also pretty talented. Some guy named Deshaun Hamilton. I don't know if you remember who that is. Penn State receiver. He's out there as well. So I think Hamler's going to fit in great there. I love Hamler. I really wish he would have went to Pittsburgh. That's why I was so frustrated when he went three picks early. But I think this Denver offense is really going to kick back up next year. And when you look at, into that division, you know, the Chargers may be a little uncertain because of Justin Herbert. I know we're going to talk some quarterback stuff again later, but the Chiefs obviously reigning Super Bowl champs. Denver's making a statement saying we're trying to go out there and rebuild this offense around some guys around a young quarterback. And I think KJ, that's a great landing spot for him. I think he can do damage out there. He's going to learn alongside Judy and a couple other young receiving t core they have out there. They got Melvin Gordon as well. I think that Denver offense can really be lead. It's nice to have a general manager that really wants to put young, fast, wide receivers around the quarterback. They got Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, KJ Hamler. You know, I, it's it's that's going to be an exciting team to watch with Drew Locke in Denver. Now let's talk. Yitor Gross Matos goes to Carolina, coached by former Penn State walk-on linebacker Matt Rohl. And it's just another good pick. Yitor went, I think it was 38, I believe, was expected to go earlier, fell a little bit in the draft, but I think Carolina's got themselves a good pass rusher. They've got themselves a guy, and for the value that they got him at there in that second round, I mean, the, the Carolina Panthers are one of, I think, I've got a little list here, and I think we're going to get to this too, but 
I think they've had one of the best drafts so far to this point. Now, they've drafted three guys. It's hard to really say that. They've drafted three defensive players, though. Derek Brown's going to be good. you got Yitor Grosmatos in the second round, a guy that could have gone in the first round. He slid a little bit. Great value for your pick there. And then you look at Jeremy Chin as well, a name you might not be familiar with, but he's a four-year starter, captain, big safety that brings a lot of versatility in. A pick that I thought was good for them there as well. But back to Grosmatos, gets back into the backfield. He's just an animal. He's come through so much adversity in his life, let alone just in his football career. He's just an all-around great player. He's well-rounded, good character, a guy that I'm going to miss watching on Saturdays at Beaver Stadium alongside Hamler, and it's just going to be fun to watch him go out in the NFL because I really think his game can transfer well, and he's going to do great stuff down there. And a rebuilding Carolina team that's going to kind of focus on that defense, I think, with three defensive picks in this draft for Matt Rule. Sanders just raised a good point that I completely forgot about but wanted to talk about on the podcast. How about Roger Goodell butchering Yitor Grossmatos' name? Yitor Grossmatos. I was like, man, are you kidding me? Well, yeah, I'll say this. We were on that conference call earlier with Sean McDonough of ESPN, and that was an excellent opportunity. And I'm sitting here at my computer, and that started around 4. So now it's 7.15. We're still talking to Sean McDonough, and great stuff. But the draft's on now in the corner. And I'm, I'm looking out of the corner of my eye because I'm like, I don't want to miss if Yitor goes. He's not going to fall much longer. And I watch the first two. Well, he gets into a conversation. I'm dialed in, not even paying attention. I hear, gross matos. And I'm like, I missed it. That's just great. And, of course, he butchered the name, but he's not doing the best job on names in the entire thing anyway, so that's okay. But I don't think Yitor is going to really mind down the stretch when he starts getting a lot of playing time. He starts building that career. They'll learn his name. I don't they think he's going to learn his name. That. So uh, we're kind of winding down a little bit here. Preston, want to go do some rapid-fire questions to close this out tonight? All right, here we go. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There we go. Uh, first question. Which QB is walking into the best situation with their new team? You go first, and I'll go. I, I think it's Justin Herbert, and here's what I say why. I think Tyrod Taylor's not holding on to some lethal grip on that quarterback job in Los Angeles, but you look at the weapons that he's walking into. They just got Austin Eckler under contract. He's got Keenan Allen. He's got Mike Williams. He's got Hunter Henry. This is a guy that can really learn to develop his skills young and early, and he's going to have lots of weapons surrounding him to do it. I think that's going to be great. I think it's... I see two. I see... I'm. You know, I've been high on two attack of Ilo this entire time. I think that between the injury and having someone in place like Ryan Fitzpatrick there, I think it gives him a year to kind of sit out, make sure he gets healthy, make sure he kind of gets some more muscle, gets bigger to fit the NFL size. He's one. Jordan Love's another one. I think, obviously, you're going to sit behind Rodgers for a couple of years. But, look, man, you're learning from one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, a surefire Hall of Famer, without a doubt. And you saw how it benefited Aaron Rodgers when he sat behind Brett Favre. I think Jordan Love sitting behind Rodgers can have a similar benefit. And now, as we do this rapid fire, I want to throw some stuff back at you because I got a lot of stuff on the top of the head here too. But I just saw here in the comments our friend Ben Boris supposed to be coming up with us into New York this summer. Ben, I hope we get to go there. But he wanted to see what you thought and what I thought. Jonathan Taylor to the Colts. And I, I've got my opinions on it, but I'll let you go first on this one. What, what were your reactions I when love you saw it. that? I love Jonathan Taylor. I love those Wisconsin running backs. Corey Clement, Jonathan Taylor, both South Jersey natives. And just tremendous running backs. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to translate fantastically into the NFL. I just, I love the pick. And Evan Jan Johnson, day three pick. Ugh, we wish. 
<laughs> I, I love the pick as well. Jonathan Taylor, I mean, you, you got a Colts team that's kind of building around some of those offensive guys. Pittman Jr. was a great pick for them too. I thought they prioritized that. They didn't have a first-round pick, but I feel like they got first-round talent early in that second round with Pittman Jr. and then Jonathan Taylor back-to-back. Some weapons for Phillip Rivers there. Going to be exciting. I'll throw it back to you All for right, the next so we one. talked about Jordan Love. Let's kind of build off that. Is it possible a team like the Pats or the Colts were trying to trade up to go for him, and you think that kind of forced Green Bay's hand a little bit to trade up? I'll let you go first. Well, I really think so because last time when we were watching this, the thought was why is Green Bay trading up four spots to take a guy like Jordan Love when the teams they're jumping are not going to draft quarterbacks? So it makes sense that maybe, just maybe, in the back of their minds, they're thinking – Maybe the Patriots had the stock that jump up and maybe take a guy like Love. Maybe it was the Colts. The Colts didn't have that first-round pick. Maybe they were going to trade some of those early second-round picks to jump up and take the next quarterback there. I know they just brought in Phillip Rivers, but it's not too early to think about the future, as you're seeing right now, maybe, in Philadelphia. But I think New England makes more sense. Recently after that, you saw New England trade down out of the first round, and they were all over the place, trading all over the place, drafting guys that we had two never heard ends. of. The Patriots, way, the Patriots way, drafting two tight ends. Not sure what they're doing, but you know they're doing something, and that's what you can say. So I, I think they were scheming something there. It makes sense that the Packers, you fall in love with a guy, you go after him, and maybe, just maybe, with these other teams with the stock and the ability to trade up after him, they felt the need they needed to jump I on think it first. New England- is going to get a quarterback tomorrow. I think their plan has always been to get a quarterback. I really can't see them going into a season with Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer. Nothing against Jared Stidham. We haven't really seen him play much. Was a good quarterback at Auburn, but I still think they're going to go for a young quarterback. I think keep an eye out on Jacob Eason, uh, Jake Fromm, Nate Stanley. One of those three I just feel like would be someone that, uh, that would fit the Belichick mold well. So I can really see that being picked by New England tomorrow. So we talked about New England. Uh, Next up, best draft so far. Best draft so far, and it kills me. I hate to say it, but it's got to be the Ravens. And I just, I look at what the Ravens have done, and all night I'm sitting there, and they make a pick, and it's like, "Mm, that's a good pick. Mm, That's a good pick. Damn it, that's a good pick. Like, you hate the Ravens if you're a Steelers fan. It's just written in your blood. But Patrick Queen last night was a steal late in that first round. Linebacker out of LSU, he's going to be good. They get Dobbins when the Steelers passed on him. I already said I feel like the Steelers did the right thing there, but Dobbins going to the division rival, you're going to see him multiple times a year, don't like to see it. They still go out and get Devin Duvernay out of Texas, a receiver that can kind of build that offense a little bit more. I also liked the Matubiki pick, defensive tackle out of Texas A&M. I thought his value was a little bit down going all the way to the third round. I thought he could have gone middle to the upper parts of that second round. So I just think the Ravens have done a great job. And when you look at teams that have had the best draft so far. I mentioned a couple teams I already thought have had decent drafts, but the teams with the most picks are obviously going to have the more larger resume. It's hard to say that the two pick Steelers are having one of the best drafts so far. They've picked two guys, but I really like what the Ravens have done. And if you remember, I try to forget 14 and two, they won the division. They were the top seed in the AFC. What I do remember is them losing the playoffs and I enjoy that, but they're, 
they're a team that's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And as much as I think the Steelers are having a bounce back year, and of course teams are going to benefit from the expanded playoffs that we're going to see, but I think it's still the Ravens' division to lose, especially when they take these improvements or plugging into an already lethal offense. J.K. Dobbins and Devin Duvernay are going to be vital there. I think they're both having great drafts. I'm seeing some names popping up in the comments here. I, I like the Vikings as well. I said that last night, and I loved what the 49ers did last night. They just didn't have a pick today. So it's hard for me to say that they're still that top team in the draft just because they haven't done anything. I love the T. Higgins pick, the, the Bengals as well. There's a lot of really good talent going into the AFC North, and that is a little frightening. But I think the Steelers are bringing in talent I agree well. with you on the Ravens. I think they've had the best draft so far. But here's kind of a, a sleeper team who's had a quiet but solid draft so far. Let's talk about the New York Giants. They've gone, you know, Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle, Matt Pert, offensive tackle, UConn and Georgia, respectively. You know, they... Dave Gettleman said, and Joe Judd said that, you know, we could have Saquon, we could have Daniel Jones, we could have all these weapons on the outside, but it's not going to matter if we don't have the protection up front. They've went out there, they've addressed the offensive line, two tackles in the first three rounds, two tackles, you know, just early on. And then we talked about a safety who you were high on, Xavier McKinney from Alabama. I was waiting for that. In the second round, so they've really bolstered that defense, really worked on that offensive line, maybe touch a few skill position players tomorrow. The Giants, I think, are quietly slowly but surely building it forced to be reckoned with in the NFC East. Well, and look, they could have taken Isaiah Simmons with that fourth pick. We talked about this last night. Andrew Thomas, I felt like, was the right move for them, just considering that they needed that offensive line boost, and they proved that by going out and getting another tackle today out of UConn. But Xavier McKinney, I was messing around with some mock drafts this morning. I had McKinney going to the Giants in this pick. It just made sense. I was still kind of shocked that he was on the board. Thought he was a first-round safety. No safeties go in the first round, but McKinney's the first one off the board. That paved the way for Delpit to go, and then Antoine Winfield shortly after that to, I believe Winfield was the Falcons without looking, but I know that Delpit went to the Browns. All right, awesome. So real quick before we go, final round of the final rounds of the draft tomorrow. You go first. What do you want to see the Steelers do? Then I'll say what I want to see the Eagles do. Well, the Steelers got two picks in the fourth, a sixth, and a seventh. So not a lot tomorrow, but still four picks. Here's what I'm expecting. I think the safety position could be touched on, but you got to find the right guy, and it depends on who Mike Tomlin and that front office are going to fall in love with. The Rooney family, we'll have to see. I expect offensive line to happen at some point tomorrow, whether it's some kind of interior offensive lineman. Pouncey's getting old. Wisniewski's a nice fill-in for this year, but he's not in the early stages of his career either. So some kind of interior offensive lineman they can kind of grow over the next few years and plug in as a starter down the road. I expect that as well. So that's something I expect. You got the safety I mentioned. And going back to the offensive side, you know, I, I want to see a running back come in, but it's got to be the right back. And there's no reason to stretch to go after a back that you're not going to be in love with, especially when you got guys like Jalen Samuels and Benny Snell Jr. already behind James Conner. So if there's a running back you love, go after him. And it's got to be the right pick. But I think more likely you see stuff like that. And now I'm going to surprise people because it goes against everything I've said. But they did what they needed to do in getting Chase Claypool. They found a defensive guy in Highsmith that's going to plug in. Now if there's a quarterback that falls in the right spot that you like, I'm not going to be pissed off if they do it. Because I think there's a couple of quarterbacks that are still on the board. Obviously, there's no denying Ben's old, and I haven't tried to deny it either. I think Ben's window's two to three years. It doesn't. I don't change what I'm saying there. But I do think what the Steelers can do here, if it falls in the right spot in the fourth, if you're still looking at an Easton, a Fromm, one of those guys wouldn't be bad to kind of groom. 
after those two, I start to get a little nervous. There's some other guys in this draft, quarterback-wise, that are going to be decent. Get them at the right spot. I think prioritizing some defensive depth and some offensive line is what I would want to see first, unless Easton falls to them in this four spot and they really like what he can do. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I think that a quarterback at some point would probably be in the Steelers' best interest. We saw what happened last year when Big Ben went out. Not saying that if he gets injured, they're going to you know, do much, but just maybe some quarterbacks that develop. It looks like Rudolph and Hodges just aren't it. And look, I, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite. This is not the saying... Yeah, but they still they should draft if Ben gets hurt because of the what if scenario. Because I just bash the Eagles for that. But here's what I think it is: if the value's there at the pick, go for it. There's no glaring holes anymore for the Steelers in this draft. They addressed a lot of the big holes that they had in free agency before the draft. They got the receiver I thought they needed. They got a nice defensive guy to plug in up front and in the linebacker spot. So at this point, it's kind of a value game, and what can you get for your money's worth at your picks? And if that happens to be a quarterback. Maybe it is, and at that point, it doesn't hurt me as much to see them bring a guy in and maybe try Absolutely. to group. Uh, Eagles got five picks, three fourths, and one in the fifth, one in the sixth. Uh, if you go see a quarterback tomorrow, I will punch a hole through one of the walls in my house. <laughs> but all in all, I think I'd like to see them probably get at least another receiver. Uh, looking the rest of the way, maybe one or two more receivers. Definitely get a running back at some point. Maybe you got to get a linebacker in a corner. So maybe you, if you can walk away with at least one more receiver, one more running back, a linebacker, a corner, and then figure something else out with that fifth pick, I'd be I'd be happy. So, you know, a few more skill position players and a couple guys on defense. I think I would have no issue with that. Obviously, got a long day tomorrow of the NFL draft, probably about eight hours worth. Not sure how Roger Goodell is going to keep up with that. He looked uh, pretty tired tonight, but we <laughs> yes, won't be live tomorrow night after the draft, but we will be live back at some point this week, kind of just, you know, reflecting, breaking it all down, and kind of looking forward to see, you know, what's next. It's been nice to have the NFL draft the last few days. We're looking forward to, you know, recapping it all. But Preston, not sure if you have anything else left to say before we uh, send it off for the night. Just want to thank everybody joining back in here on the comments on Instagram. Appreciate you guys. And sorry if we didn't get to one of your comments. We're trying to go through them as fast as we can, but it is almost 1 o'clock here on the East Coast, and I'm – I'm getting a little bit closer to my bedtime, but I, I, I will say next week we'll have a fun time recapping all of this back and forth from the full week of the draft with a little bit of time removed to kind of get more of that hindsight, more of that perspective on some of these guys that you may not love. So I, I'm, I'm looking Absolutely forward to that impressive. as well. Uh, we made it 41 minutes, and I didn't bring this up yet. Uh, night two of the draft. Let's go get, go get yourself some free breadsticks after what happened last year. Yeah. The pizza, let's go get Pizza Mia breadsticks. I'm sure they're open right now, and I'm sure they'll just give them to us for free because that worked out for us well last year. Inside joke, apologize if you don't understand, but maybe someday we, we can tell you the story. Free breadsticks. We didn't get free breadsticks. Still the biggest crime to have been on the second day of the NFL draft. Jalen Hurts comes close, but not as close as losing out on some free breadsticks. But to everybody that tuned on Instagram, big thank you for tuning in, and big thank you for your support all year long. We'll look forward to being back with you later this week if you're listening on Spotify. Big thank you for following us on there. Make sure you follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, on Facebook at, at the PSU SS Show. For my partner, Preston Shoemaker, I'm Jake Starr signing off. Hope everyone has a great night and enjoys the final day of the NFL Draft. See ya.